and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. Uh, I'm David Bax, but I'm blown away. Why? We haven't, we, you and I haven't done an episode together since our top 10 of 2021. Is that true? I mean, we've, done, we've been doing like the Patreons. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yes. I do sometimes it, for the non, you know, for uh, the non patrons uh i forget that like oh yeah for them it's been quite a quite a break yeah. for us like yeah, we mean, recorded you, like two weeks ago i think you did episodes you did for the oscars and you did mm-hmm. one with dave dave platt thank you to them um scott and i did a bunch of episodes and uh i did an episode with aaron newworth just last week thank you aaron mm-hmm. um it's been so long. There's probably something else that I'm even forgetting that we did, but this is the first time since we counted down our top 10 films of 2021 that you and I have done like a regular battleship pretension episode. It's the first time I've heard you say hello and welcome aboard the battleship pretension in, in a month and a half. It's, it's definitely a situation where I have said ahoy, which is how I start off the Patreon. I've said that way more in the last few weeks. And so uh, I almost said it now. now. If you want to hear Tyler say ahoy more often, patreon.com slash battleship pretension. There's more like there's a lot of content as well, but it also the headline here is you get to hear Tyler say ahoy. Yeah, it is, you know, pretty fun to to hear. Uh, I'm pretty (laughs) good. I don't get to say it. That's true. We can, you know, we can switch it up maybe at the five year mark or something like that. (laughs) And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? Um, I mean, uh, my life, my life is chaos right now. Indeed. Like, um, uh, mostly because I, my wife and I just moved as of this recording, uh, two days ago. Um, we, we moved into a different place where, so we're still like unpacking and, and we're surrounded by stuff. There is also like, you know, I don't talk about my day job at any, uh, length, but there are big changes happening at my day job as well, mm. which is like, so a lot of things are very chaotic uh, right now. Um, but I'm hanging in there. I'm still trying to get through it by listening to music on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, tweakedaudio.com is where you go for prof- professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Um, I was just listening to... Uh, you know what? I'm gonna uh, um, highlight a new, new-ish, a few um, uh, weeks old now, but a uh, new song called "Leviathan" because mm. everything is called "Leviathan." Uh, <laughs> they did like an, a moratorium on naming movies "Leviathan." Sure. Also, a moratorium on naming movies "The Innocents" because <laughs> there's like yeah, a boy, yeah. Um, Anyway, but a new song called Leviathan by a band called White Ward. Um, uh, they're a, a black metal band who are from Ukraine. So uh, I'm still in the, 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 the mode of trying to, uh, I don't know, give my uh, patronage to sure. uh, Ukrainians and Ukrainian artists. Um, and white ward is a band that I've been aware of for a while and they, and uh, they're, they're great. And Leviathan's a great new song from them. So if you want to support a uh, Ukrainian act, check out white ward, it'll sound great in your tweaked audio.com earbuds. Uh, those are tweaked audio.com earbuds. Earbuds are available at a low, low price at tweaked But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that already low, low price 
and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back. And Tyler, as if we have Doctor Strange style, like ported through one one universe to the 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 next. Sure, uh, we have jumped. You and I have jumped from the top ten of twenty twenty one to the summer movie preview of twenty twenty two. Just mutilating everybody along the way. Yeah, I saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, I have. Uh, look. I think and we're not going to get it. We're not doing a pre-show topic. We're not going to get into the like stupid, like is Dr. Strange too scary for a PG 13, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But I will say this different things are disturbing or upsetting to different people. Mm -hmm. And without getting to spoilers, even though I know everyone who cares has already seen it, but I got into spoilers and naming names. The one dude in Dr. Strange two getting like zoodled, like, is a is nightmare inducing to me yes all the ones that's the one it's just that idea of someone well as tyler has talked about it before a death in which a body no longer exists anymore is particularly disturbing yes um and the way in which it happens the way yeah it's uh that is the one that like i'm not saying again I don't think it should have been rated R. I'm fine. I've watched The Ring so many times, and that's PG-13, and it's way scarier yeah. than anything in Doctor Strange. But just for my personal, like, when I since I saw the movie, when I close my eyes, the thing that haunts me is <laughs> the, the dude turning into zoodles. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. You already heard one of their voices, but joining us as usual for <coughs> summer movie preview are... Um, uh, I, I had I had a title for you at one point, Julie, and I can't remember what it was. But uh, Julie Sesnovich is back to to hold our hands to the upcoming slate. Julie, say hi. Hi, yeah, someone's <laughs> got to do it. No, the reason I don't have a title anymore is because I'm shedding my corporate image and I'm not defining myself by my day job anymore. Right, and of course, you're, this is reminding me the I, the episode I couldn't remember that we did without Tyler was us and Kyle doing the TCM uh, right. Film Festival wrap up. I see you have fond memories of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a very long night. Uh, um, and as yes, and Scott, uh, chided me for not having eaten beforehand. Uh, <laughs> when we did that, it was like three, that was and, just half, silly. three and a half hour episode. Yeah, it was, I didn't think it was going to go that long. Anyway, uh, you heard his voice, uh, as usual, Julie's lesser half, Scott and I. Pretension I'm working my way up to at least be an equal half, okay. never right. a better half, but Julie's lesser half, equal. Yeah. Julie's yeah. lesser half and our lesser third. <laughs> just the one wobbly leg holding up the table that you don't really want to replace and you're just yeah. like oh it'll do and occasionally we need to, we need to jam the folded up newspaper that is jason eakin underneath you <laughs> to uh you know to stabilize ourselves uh all right well that's uh that's enough inside baseball i think um because i imagine this is the type of episode that someone seeing the title might listen to without being uh, a diehard battleship pretension fan. Sure, um, fools they would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump in chronologically to 
the I, I forget to ask how are you scott and julie because you've been on so recently you guys are good Sure. Same. Yeah, I am jet lagged. I just got back from Boston right. under 24 hours ago. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Little, little wobbly on what year it is, but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about summer movies, which by the way, we are defining as between Memorial Day and Labor Day. I think that's a good way to define it's it. like they established in the nineties. We're sticking with it. Sticking yeah. with it. So it, we, yeah. for it's white pants season right. is what we're covering today. Okay. Um, acceptable <laughs> white pants season is, is our, summer movie preview uh, i should have i'm i'm wearing shorts like an idiot like an yeah. idiot um but we're not in white pants season yet <laughs> it's true that's the thing that's true um, that's true very close yes uh yeah um we are i mean i know this is like spring a time of renewal and everything but um as of this recording tomorrow is friday the 13th isn't that cool oh yes that's very i was like i was like when there's a real friday the 13th uh but let's jump into the movies that are coming out I guess Labor Day, or sorry, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial uh, Day. Yes, yeah. starting with, uh, starting I guess with the movie that is all over my Twitter feed today, uh, Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kosinski. Uh, I'm looking. I haven't seen it. Um, if there have been any, I know there are press screenings this week. I don't even know if I was invited because that's how discombobulated my life is right now. But um, uh, I I generally get invited to ones that are closer to the release because I'm not a uh, big, uh, a big name, but, um, I am very excited about Top Gun Maverick, uh, because like, I think like a lot of, uh, people, I'm generally pro Tom Cruise as an actor, not sure. necessarily, uh, everything else about him, but also I've been, um, a Joseph Kaczynski fan, uh, for, for a little while too. I think, uh, Oblivion was highly underrated as a mm. sci-fi action, action flick. Um, so I think he's got the goods, uh, <laughs> good, and the early Twitter reactions uh, seem to back that up. What do you guys? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not a Kaczynski head, but I am major Cruise head, and it's been four years since we had a Tom Cruise movie. I, I've been seeing Tom Cruise movies for well over twenty years at this point. I've never had to go four years without Cruise. It's it's too much for a man. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the early reactions are like rapturous. Yeah, like yeah. people are like Tom Cruise has saved the movies, and it's like, of course, take that with a grain of salt. But as he yeah. was always prophesied to do, as he's prophesied. But yeah, they moved this release date. I counted five times. Um, the pandemic took a big bite out of that, mm. but it seems to be really happening this time. Um, I've never actually seen the original Top Gun. I don't know. Eh, it's not that good. Yeah, it doesn't. It has a very mixed reputation. Is that true? I, I haven't seen um, it since I was a kid, but I, I thought, I mean, I, I knowing you're a Tony Scott fan. It's Scott the only Tony Scott movie I don't like. Okay. Okay. I have never responded to the first Top Gun. I didn't like it when I was a kid. My brother and my dad liked it. My friends liked it. I never liked it. Uh, I watched it again years later. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I did see it in my teenage years. And it's like, yep, still don't like this. And I, and I can't even really put my finger on why. Um, I just outside of obviously the, the, the death of a certain character, which, you know, you just can't help but respond to, uh, I never felt really invested at all in it. Um, and so when I saw the trailer for this, uh, like I do, I just recently saw Dr. Strange and they played the trailer for this and there was an audible reaction in my theater. People were very excited for it. Um, I certainly was not, but at the same time, like I've been looking at the reviews is like, almost begrudgingly, I feel like, well, shit, I guess I have to see this now because apparently it's really good. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's certainly my, my interest in it is not a function of the original. It's a function of the current reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I always do this. <laughs> we do these previews. I start going off on tangents on the early movies. Um, but my memory, I have, like I said, I haven't seen the first Top Gun since I was a kid. My memory of it weirdly, uh, my fondness, my memory weirdly has less to do with the action scenes and the flying scenes and more with, uh, as, as someone who is now a Southern Californian, the, uh, increasingly rare ability to depict beach life among essentially working class people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think about like movies that take place in Santa Monica in like the sixties and seventies when Santa Monica could still be kind of like grungy and skeevy and stuff. Like I love that kind of stuff. And that like all of the Southern California beaches are now like the playground of rich people or their, or their public beaches. But the idea of just like, here's a, you know, working class bar that isn't like a tourist place. It's just like, there's a bar on the beach where, where they go and hang out. That's weirdly, that's mm. the stuff that I think about now when I think about Top Gun is them just like hanging out like a beachy type bar. And it's not a tourist place. It's not like they're not doing wet t-shirt contests or like there's not security guys turning you upside down and pouring beard on your right. uh, throat <laughs> yeah. like an ensenada or whatever anyway uh i do so love already off on a tangent sorry one of the reasons that i love this show david is that you and i do have i think an uncanny ability to focus on exactly the wrong thing in a movie <laughs> that i get my guess is that tony scott when he made Top Gun, I, I doubt he was like, you know what I re- what I really want to capture with this is uh, <laughs> is this bar culture. And uh, he goes, I don't know if anyone will get it, but boy, someday I hope someone does. Um, OK. Uh, all right. So um, next up, yeah. same week, same weekend is the Bob's Burgers movie. Yeah, this is another one that was delayed many times. Um, we're fans of the show. I, I know that there could be a successful like. Fox animated sitcom to movie pipeline. If we look at the Simpsons movie sure. as a template. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I think does the like, you know, especially post pandemic with big movies premiering on streaming and the sort of like the distance between TV and movies in terms of how people think of them have sort of, sort of having collapsed. Does this even feel like a big deal? Does it feel like it's just like a mega episode way, that yeah. they're, they're putting in the theater? It, feel, it feels like those South Park movies they do for Paramount Plus, where it's like, you get a press right. release about and that's kind of it. But yeah. it is in theaters, which I, I think is notable. That's, that's that cool. They're it's in widescreen. I love it. Yeah. Um, we can't talk about every single movie. So no, I haven't heard it happen. Yeah. I know. About? I feel bad about that. I feel like I, I am, I've, I've done very little research. Well, I often, because, well, Julie does the research, which we very much appreciate. Mm-hmm. So often if I haven't seen, if I haven't heard of a title, I will quickly scan like cast and crew and see if any names right. uh, leap out to me. I don't yeah, know. I do see the uh, Suga Diaries, which I saw at AFI Fest and liked quite a deal. deal. It's a okay. pandemic movie um, about a crew trying to make a movie, but it's like told in reverse, if I recall correctly. Hmm. And it's kind of about the production deteriorating. Yes. Uh, it's very loosey-goosey, but very much my, my vibe. Uh, yeah, I I think I was at the same screening as you and we talked about it on the AFI Fest wrap-up. I loved Suga uh, Diaries as as well. It's, it's uh, um, I mean, you and I have just, you just described what the plot is. I went in not knowing that and it's sort of like, it was fun kind of realizing what was, what was oh, happening. Um, it's uh, like, it's also very funny. 
<laughs> oh yeah. In some ways, especially once you get to the, uh, the, the, the when they introduce the COVID protocols, yeah, uh, that scene of the guy, it's the entire cast and crew in their regular clothes. And then a guy in like a full hazmat suit <laughs> telling them what the COVID protocols are. And then when he asks, if there are any questions, there's one crew guy who just wants to talk about what's available for breakfast at craft services. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but you guys skipped um, ahead. There are a couple of others I wanted to talk about. Uh, Akiara. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. Same weekend. Uh, Akiara, I already talked about on uh, one of the solo movie journals I, I did. And I think, Scott, I talked at you about it on one of the episodes you were on, but I don't remember okay. if you, if you had seen it, but uh, I, this is one I've seen and it's, it's, it's very good. It's, it's a, a about a, uh, a teenage girl coming. It's an Italian film. Um, a teenage girl coming to the realization that her father is a member of the local, uh, a sort of mid-ranking member of the local organized crime mm. uh, unit. And she's like a real, you know, it's kind of like a daddy's girl type of like relationship they have. They're very, they're very close. And, and she, um, so it's like a coming of age story uh, that is, it, it's a, it's a crime movie in some ways, but it's also from the point of view of a, uh, a teenage girl who is kind of self-obsessed in the way that teenagers tend to be, but the movie doesn't really judge her for that. So like her dad has to like go into hiding because someone tried to blow up his car or whatever. And, and she's like incensed that this is happening to her because she's a teenager, you know um, it's a really good movie. Um, and it has, as, as I talked at Scott about a couple weeks ago on the podcast, it also has this sort of like, uh, hints of mysticism or hints of the supernatural or sort of, sort of things like going around it. The, the, the way that I think a lot of like old school Italian superstition seems to be popping up in, in Italian movies uh, mm-hmm. recently. That was uh, what I talked about. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's actually quite good. Ak- Akiara. And it's actually, it's the third, it's the director's name is Jonas or Jonas uh, Carpignano. And it's actually, apparently it's the third in a loose trilogy that he's made, not, not um, an actual narrative trilogy, but like he's made three movies in a row that are set in the same like part of Italy. Um, and I haven't seen the other two, but this is, uh, uh, I guess the completion of that trilogy. Oh, okay. A taste of whale is a documentary, uh, with a cool poster. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, except that I, I get like press release emails and it's like a whale diving into an ocean of blood. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Like poster a, reviews by David Bax. Looking at, uh, at the uh, summary here uh, or the, 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 you know, a little bit of background uh, it sounds pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> turns out that uh, whale uh, diving into blood uh, is uh, maybe not in the best situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, uh, but it sounds interesting um, if not disturbing. Um, I'm, I'm interested in 18 and a half mostly because uh, anything Watergate, interests me. Mm. Um, and the premise sounds pretty good. It says here, a White House transcriber is thrust into the Watergate scandal when she obtains the only copy of the infamous 18 and a half minutes of audio excised from Nixon's tapes. That sounds like a really great premise. Uh, just as the case with anything else like this, it can be, I could see it turning very like negatively melodramatic or like uh, preachy in its own way. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, I, I like, I find Watergate to be such a fascinating little, I say little is a giant story. Um, but yeah. And it's got Vondi Curtis Hall, who I always enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. I wondered who played Nixon and it's Bruce Campbell. 
Oh, I'm okay. Wow. You know what? I'm slightly less interested now. I hate <laughs> to put it that way. I love Bruce Campbell. No, I, I'm, I feel I'm like casting him. It's like, I, I feel like I immediately have a sense of like, oh, this is not going to be the hard hitting thing yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. that I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know much about emergency, but I do think it's worth mentioning because I know it was kind of buzzy at uh, Sundance this year or virtual mm. sec- the second annual virtual Sundance. Uh, anything else for Labor Day weekend that you guys wanted to talk no, I'm about? good. No, and then after that, um, the weekend of June 3rd, um, we have new Terrence Davies joint, um, Benediction, which is about the poet Siegfried right. Sassoon. Um, I really about time they made a movie about that guy. About time. <laughs> this is all I talk about, and it's it's about time. But um, I mean, That's I guy that love- uh, he also makes like hair products, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's I loved Terrence Davies other movie about a poet, which was a quiet passion. So listen, he clearly has a winning formula with, you know, period films about poets. So um, and it stars um, Jack Loden, Peter Capaldi, Simon Russell Beale, um, Jeremy Irvine. So, yeah, it's a good cast. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it played some festivals. It got good, pretty good reception. So. And there's yes, a new David Cronenberg movie. Yeah. For the first Crimes time in like eight years. Prepare to uh, walk out in the first yeah. five minutes according yeah. to, to the man himself. Hell yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything with the cast alone, but let alone the new Cronenberg is very much cause for excitement. Well, and yeah. I knew nothing about it, but looking once again at the premise, it's nice to see old Cronenberg showing up because a character it says sprouting new and unexpected organs in his body. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking new is one thing. It's the unexpected that intrigues me. <laughs> what would be new what expected, would be expected organs? <laughs> yeah. Like if I got another arm coming out of like the back of my shoulder, I guess I'd party. I'd be like, well, all right, fair enough. But if I got like a kneecap uh, on my stomach, then it's like, that's a little unexpected. Ooh, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, yeah cuz it so it has Vigo Mortensen, Leia Sadu and Kristen Stewart um most notably and this is going to premiere at Cannes in like a week. Like this is very imminent. So um yeah, it it definitely sounds like he's um kind of gearing up for quite something. I will be very excited to not watch it. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> but um it's actually it's he made a movie by the same title in the 70s and yeah. this is completely unrelated. Hmm. Um, Look, there's always a future and there's always crimes. I know the title yeah. is great. Evergreen premise. Title's great. Yeah. Um, it's like Peter Gabriel releasing four self-titled albums. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> I'm sure that was his inspiration. Um, That's, I did not know there were that many. That's hilarious because every, because you know, when an album is self-titled like that, it essentially it's like, Hey, this is the essence of me. Yeah. That's the way I always look at it. But when it's four, it's like, no, seriously, you guys, this time, this time, he, he's just got a lot of essence. Yeah. Sure. He's, he's lousy with essence. Um, may, one of my most anticipated movies on this list uh, is coming out June 3rd. It's fire Island. The new film from Andrew on, I was a big fan of spa night. Uh, Scott and I were both big fans of driveways. Um, yeah. And so uh, a new movie from from this guy that, uh, from what I understand, is a departure in tone from the last two movies, which were very um, 
sympathetic and, and, and sometimes sweet, but also very sad movies. Uh, this is supposed to be a, uh, from what I understand, a pretty straightforward comedy. <coughs> yeah. And it's a, um, it's a gay riff on pride and prejudice set Amazing. on fire Island. Amazing. Sounds very fun. So yeah, I'm uh, very much looking forward to, to, to that. I, uh, Andrew on has not let me down yet and, uh, looking forward to seeing where he goes. Yeah. And it's on Hulu. Um, it's kind of a bummer because Fox Searchlight or just Searchlight now has started just dumping a lot of their stuff on Hulu, um, which mm. is unfortunate, but what will you do? What will you do? What will you do? Um, I know we're jumping around a little bit. Um, as long as you're on June 3rd, I think. Yeah. I think we so, do, we, all we have to announce is if we're leaving yeah. to a yeah. new weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah. So looking at last scene alive, I was looking at the premise Will Spann is driving his soon-to-be ex-wife Lisa to her parents' home when she mysteriously disappears without a trace during a stop at a gas station. Frantic, well, uh, Will engages the local police and Lisa's parents in a desperate attempt to find her. Now that sounds a lot like The Vanishing. I was going to say, that is The Vanishing. <laughs> right. The gas station thing especially jumps out at me. Yeah. However, eh. The Vanishing the f- does not have Gerard Butler. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like that's going to make a difference. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a lot more um, maybe action oriented or a lot more like taken. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, like this, I, I haven't, I'd like to look into it and see if it is meant to be essentially just like a, another adaptation of that. Um, maybe they'll both end up being buried alive. Oh boy. That'd be great. That'd be great. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Um, also on June 3rd, I don't know if this is of interest to anyone, but the sequel to the Disney Plus movie Star Girl, it comes out. It's called Hollywood Star Girl. I know this is a very beloved book series that I think even Barack Obama has like plugged. Um, so yeah, it's a sequel and it has Judy Greer and Uma Thurman. And, and it's uh, returning director Julia Hart. Um, I didn't see uh, I didn't see Star Girl. But um, her, I want to say her first uh, feature was Miss Stevens, which uh, listeners might remember that I was a yeah a, a huge fan of. I also quite liked uh, 2020's I'm Your Woman with uh, Rachel Brosnahan. Why? Um, what? <laughs> What's oh, yeah. to like? Uh, well, I mentioned um, Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan, but... Um, uh, Oh, wow. I just got a very interesting text message that I can't say. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. Did they also uh, ask yeah. why you liked I'm Your Woman? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, a big part of it, uh, why I liked it was is Rachel Brosnahan, to be, to be honest. Um, I also liked... Uh, it felt weird. 2020 between that and... Um, uh, what was... Uh, what's the... Um, the Cleat of All Christmas movie? Um, Happiest Season. Happiest Season. Uh, weirdly, I was like, are we about to get a bunch of Pittsburgh movies? Like, why is there some sort of tax break? Why are they shooting in, in Pittsburgh? Um, and it, once it again, felt... focusing on the wrong thing. Well, I always tend to focus on like <laughs> location and, sure. and especially like American cities. It's a, a preoccupation, especially like I've never been to Pittsburgh. And so I like uh, seeing it in a way that feels real to me, even though I have no idea if, uh, if it actually is. But anyway, we're not here to talk about why I liked uh I'm your, I'm your woman, but I liked Miss Stevens and I'm your woman. I didn't see star girl. I couldn't, a lot of people loved fast color. I couldn't like also not good. Yeah. I couldn't get on board with fast, with fast color, unfortunately, but, um, uh, she's still a director that's uh, of interest to me. 
A lot of movies this uh, June 3rd coming out that are reusing titles. Speaking of recycled titles, we got like a miracle. We got a passenger. The passenger score. score. Yeah. Watcher. It wasn't there a movie generic, called The Watcher. You know? just, just go yeah. see the score. Um, less generic. Also on that day is Neptune Frost, which is just like this insane sounding cosmic sci-fi romance. I mean, this synopsis has words like greater divine circuitry, um, anti-colonialist computer hacker collective cosmic force it like you know played a bunch of festivals sounds insane check it out yeah. um it's all i'm catching up you also have um the phantom of the open which is a a, a good pun but um it's a true story about golf um somewhat of note is that it's directed by craig roberts who was like a kind of a child actor because he was in submarine and this is i think like mm. the oh. second or third movie he's directed so he's third, kind of yeah. carving out a directorial um career now um the, with mark rylance and sally hawkins so the the phantom of the open like look Sony Pictures Classics has put out a lot of like distributed a lot of good movies over the years, but there's also like a certain type of movie that feels like a Sony Pictures Classic type movie. Hundred you know? percent, and that this is it. I wonder with the closing of the landmark in uh, in West LA, where are people? Uh, where are the yeah. where are the over sixty five crowd going to see the Phantom of the Open? Going to have to go to uh, to the Royal, maybe. Well, by all accounts, they just don't see movies anymore because we're still in a pandemic. Oh, I still sure. see them. You're not over sixty five. I was like, I thought you meant movies, which would imply you were over 65. Are Never. we just, just at heart? Just at heart. <laughs> are we moving on to yeah. uh, June 10th? Wait, hold on. Hold on. I don't There's know if this is a, a new Adam Stanley movie to contend with. Wait real quick on June 3rd. Sorry. I said, we're moving on. Good I'm not sure if this is a typo. Not that I want to cast aspersions on Julie's amazing research, but are miracle and unidentified the same movie or they just have <laughs> the same director. Um, I don't know. Is it the same? It synopsis? looks like no. It looks like different synopses. Okay, um, but it is the same director, Bogdan George. Hey, good for him. Yeah, so he's just busy. Yeah. Good for Dude's him. It's hustling. Why do you gotta make this about me? Jesus. It's hustling like Adam okay. Sandler as Stanley Barron, nice. a washed-up basketball scout, discovers a Spanish streetball phenom and sees him as a ticket back to the NBA. This is a Happy Madison joint for Netflix on June eighth. June eighth. Also right. stars Queen Latifah and Ben Foster and Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. Nice. <laughs> Well, we at least know one part of it will be great. But you know what? I, I, saw, I think I saw um, a trailer for this. And despite it being part of Happy Madison, it does look a little bit more down to earth, a little bit more serious. Um, so I'm kind of I'm vaguely interested in it. Right on. Um, also on June 10th, we would be remiss not to mention Jurassic World Dominion, which is a franchise that they keep making of solely no for Tyler. Right. Yep. <laughs> but of note this time, they are getting Sam Neill, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum back because it's, it's the only thing and they had to sell. Uh, that's not the only thing. I'll tell you who shows up very prominently in that trailer that we've not seen since the first film. That's the, that's the Dilophosaurus, which is the dinosaur that killed Nedry. And it's 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 such a wonderful design for a dinosaur. It spits venom. It, you know, it's got the frill that comes out and uh, it has not officially been in a Jurassic park or world movie until now. And maybe it only shows up briefly, but uh, it's very prominent in the trailer. And that was very exciting to me. 
They also resurrected Campbell Scott, which is exciting. Yeah, playing the character Dodgson. Speaking of uh, uh, monsters that uh, uh, talk to Nedry, uh, because the actor who he's the guy who who pays Nedry to like. Oh, I know um, that actor. Uh, I believe is in prison for ah. um, I want to say like something like child pornography or something like that. Oh wow! But in the you know in the novels he's a very prominent character, um, and so the idea of bringing Dodgson back and having him played by Campbell Scott, who's a, an actor I always love to see, um, that's that is also exciting to me. I'm sure the film is going to be over the top to the point of being just absolutely ridiculous as the last couple have been um but yeah oh i'm there i'm 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 in it to win it at this point um also on june 10th you have the walk which is about um the boston like busing issue of the 70s i don't know how nationally known this is i knew about it growing up in boston but they like forcibly integrated schools by like busing students of color and like Mm -hmm. it was a whole scandal um but it has terrence howard in it and i really just want to like use this opportunity to bring up how Terrence Howard doesn't believe in math, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, He doesn't, he doesn't believe that one times one should equal one. And he offered a million dollars to any mathematician who could back him up. And I just don't know how he gets work after that, but not not by making his own deals. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I know. right? I know he probably works for peanuts if he doesn't believe in math. Um, Well, obviously I'm going to be checked out for the rest of this episode because <laughs> all I want to do is research this and yeah, find can... a way to pr- prove him right. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I like, could use the money. When I found out about that, that the rest of that day was done. I, exactly. that was all I could think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the more insane things I've ever heard. Um, yeah. Anything else on the 10? No, I'm looking ahead to, this is a father of the bride remake. Are yeah, we starting so from scratch? Yes. More we, more brides? we are starting from scratch with a Latino family. Yeah, um, I see. So that's that's the hook. Um, which with Andy Garcia in the lead, and I like him a lot. Yeah, nothing like that's a, that's a good Andy Garcia role for sure. Yeah. Gloria Estefan. Nice. Um, so uh, yeah, they, I mean it's a solid premise. They keep redoing it for a reason. Um, uh, this is going right to HBO Max, so you know they don't care like that much. <laughs> sure. Um, but maybe that's the best we can do these days. Um, um, so we're on the 16th now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why right? not? So I'm, I'm excited to see Mad God. I've been excited about it for a couple of years now. It is a, it's a, a stop-motion film created by Phil Tippett, who was, mm. uh, who was known as a stop-motion guy. He was like the initial... Uh, animator on um, Jurassic Park before they decided to pivot into like CGI. Um, And I've seen the trailer for this and it just looks absolutely insane and a little bit nightmarish, but I'm so excited to see it. All right. Let's Um, see what else we got here. We got Michael Shannon in a horror movie. Works for me. Which one's that? Uh, Abandoned a mother, father and infant son. Why would it be an infant son uh, moving to a remote farmhouse? Well, usually you have like a child that like can react to things, uh, which mm-hmm. harbors a dark, tragic history as their family's pa- their home's past is revealed. The mother's fragility escalates in the state of psychosis, jeopardizes her own safety and that of her newborn son. Do you think Michael Shannon plays the infant son? Yeah. Yeah. M. Roberts and John Gallagher yeah. Jr. are the married couple and Michael Shannon's the infant. Yeah. 
So yeah. you, you think uh, anything can interested. be a motive? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I also, I like Emma Roberts. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't care who knows it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're on June 17th, I guess the 16th, yeah. Thursday or something. Um, Brian and Charles was something I think played Sundance. It's about a guy who makes a robot friend and it's British. So somehow that makes it more charming. Now, when you say he makes a robot friend, does he build it or does oh, he, he just make a friend? I realize who that happens to be a robot. He does yeah. build it. Uh, yeah. What a yeah, yeah, okay. um, um, yeah, I think I have a screening of that scheduled, but my life is chaos. So I don't know if I can make it or not. Uh, I did see a screening of Emily Madavian's bitter brush. Um, talked about it a little bit on, on one of the solo, solo movie journals, which I feel like I got a lot of feedback on the first one of those I did. And then I don't know if people just stopped listening or just stopped finding it novel. I stopped giving like feedback. So I don't know if anyone is listening to those solo movie journals I was doing, mm. but, um, yeah, bitter brush is a documentary about, um, two, uh, women, uh, you know, in their probably, uh, early twenties, uh, who are, um, essentially cowboys. I mean, I wanted to say cowgirls, but in the movie, they refer to what they do as cowboying. They take these like contract jobs where they just like live in a trailer or sometimes they're provided a cabin and they live there for months. And their job is like, uh, you know, your contract is you have to rustle up 400 to 600 head, head of cattle over the time that you're, you're, you're here. And they just do that. And the, and the movie mo- mostly follows them through one of these jobs. Um, it sticks with them a little bit, uh, after, but, uh, it's be- beautifully shot, um, of the, you know, um, the, even as those of us who are lifelong Americans, I think can sometimes forget just how much America there is, you know, um, and it's shot in mostly parts of like, uh, from what I could tell, it doesn't quite say where it is mostly like Southern Idaho and Northern Nevada, where there's just like a lot of no people anywhere. Uh, so it's very, very beautiful. Um, and also the two, um, the two women, in, in the movie are just fantastic documentary subjects because they're, I think because they live so much of their lives, even though they are on Facebook and they talk about like staying in contact over Facebook or whatever, they simply live so much of their lives. So removed that they're the, uh, the weird, like, I guess they're like, they'd be like older Gen Z if they're like in their early twenties, maybe. Um, but the, the very rare person that age who doesn't seem just naturally comfortable on camera <laughs> And it's so it is actually interesting to see over the course of the four to five months the movie takes place, them them change and be more comfortable with the camera, forget the cameras there and be more of themselves. You can feel them kind of like self-conscious and like performing a little bit early on and, and they become more themselves as the movie uh, goes on. Um, uh, really highly recommended uh, documentary. Um, also on that day, we have Cha-Cha Real Smooth, um, which Can't is wait. the... Yeah, it's from Cooper Cooper Rafe, who did Shit House, which premiered at South by a couple of years back. Um, annoyingly, it's on Apple TV Plus, so I guess we got to make another burner account. But are they just doing it there? Because Apple does do simultaneous. They did that for Coda. That's true, but it's usually like a pretty short window. It's like yeah, kind of but if I don't have to make a dumb burner account through That's Apple, true. I'll go to the Lundley. <laughs> That's true, but everyone's saying that this movie has a bad title. You are telling on yourself and you are telling that you did not attend a bar mitzvah in the 90s. Or just a school dance. I didn't attend any bar mitzvahs in the 90s, but I went to the middle school dance. And I heard the song a thousand times. Wait, oh, so yeah. are people say, the people saying it's a bad title don't know that it's from the, uh, Listen, the, not. the song? I, I don't know, because I feel like I saw that I immediately knew what it referred to. Same, too. Yeah. Um, 
But I also like, I'm also excited about this movie because it depicts the underrepresented world of bar mitzvah hype men, which I don't know how many bar mitzvahs y'all have been to, but like I was hitting it pretty hard for a while there. And like, it's a weird job because it's like a DJ, but with, but not playing music. Like it's a separate job. Hmm. And I think the only other time I can think of that it was depicted in any popular media was on an episode of happy endings. Yeah. Um, I, I remember like, where uh, Adam Polly does that on the side and then Damon yeah. Wayne Jr. They start a duo, but then yeah. Damon Wayne Jr. becomes more popular and starts booking gigs without Adam Polly. Yeah, I remember this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's a great like background thing um, to set a movie in. Also, it has Dakota Johnson in it. So She is playing a character named Domino, which feels a lot like a dude like, I really wish I could meet a mom named Domino kind of energy. I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I, I would say have, having seen shit house, uh, speaking of bad titles, I would say doubt Cooper Rafe at your peril. Cause I like heard about shit house. I read about what it was about. I saw that it was called shit house. I was like, this is going to be insufferable. And I found it really touching, um, and really like, um, uh, uh, self-aware and um, uh, self-interrogative in a way that I did not expect from a filmmaker that, that young. Yeah. Um, no, everything and, else with the movie sounds great. It's just yeah. that one detail is like, eh, eh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Josh. I Um Also on June 17th, you have uh, another long title. Good luck to you, Leo Grande, um, in which Emma Thompson hires a sex worker to give her an orgasm. Um, this played the festival circuit was generally well-received and is another, uh, searchlight movie that's going to be on Hulu. Um, and then speaking of streaming, we have Jerry and Marge go large, which is a, uh, Brian Cranston, Annette Benning joint about a true story about a couple that discovered a loophole in the Massachusetts lottery and used it to legally earn $27 million. Um, that is going to be on Paramount plus, <laughs> mm. um, Speaking of studios that have given up on life. Yeah. That's not even going to come to the Lonely. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the, 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 the journey I've had with Brian Cranston, just, I like, know. Right. The, yeah. The quickness with which it went from like, I'm so happy for this guy, you know, that he like had, was pigeonholed as this one thing. We, I thought he was very funny and up in the middle and Seinfeld and like, Oh my God, look what else he can do. And then stop doing that. Brian Cranston, just stop. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's now become an actor that uh, is an impediment, I think, to me wanting to see a movie. Also, just in general, like, would you say, I feel like what I'm about to say is not founded in, in anything, and yet I still feel like it's correct. I just don't know if he's a movie actor. For whatever reason, his instincts don't seem to translate to film. It's funny you mentioned that because we recently saw him in a play and um, I had asked Scott, I was like, oh, are you interested in this play? Because I thought you didn't like Brian Cranston. And he's like, I got an, I, I got a theory. I got a theory that his shtick will work on the stage. And yeah, afterwards he's like, it did. He's just a little too big for most things. And like most movies that he's in don't tend to like make space for that. Malcolm in the Middle, Breaking Bad made space for him to be a little too yeah. big. A stage makes space for him to be a little too big. Trumbo, less so. Yeah, less yeah. flag flying. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. not the right space. Yeah. Okay. There's another Joseph Kaczynski movie. Out there. <laughs> I guess since Top Gun was made like three years ago, he had time. Oh, Spiderhead. This yeah. sounds like a classic Netflix joint. 
Um, weirdly, it's an adaptation of a George Saunders story, who's like a okay. very quirky, like futuristic um, and very literary writer. So um, that intrigues me because it, it sounds otherwise like kind of a right. classic, like formulaic thing. But it's starring people you don't know if you want to see in a movie and you're like, eh, OK, <laughs> um, specifically Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. Um Okay. But yeah, it oh. is the source material that intrigues me. Yeah. Speaking of Chris's, uh, Chris Evans is the voice of Buzz Lightyear in Lightyear. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't fully understand because it's not the, the Tim Allen Buzz Lightyear is a toy mm-hmm. based off of this based off of. What, who am I? That's not how I say based. I'm, on, glad, you, I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. But, <laughs> Tim Allen voices a toy Buzz Lightyear based on this Buzz Lightyear who is exists in a movie that is released within the world of Toy Story. Yes. Yeah, that's essentially yes. the idea. It's like how Tom Hanks does the voice of Woody, but his brother does the voice of Woody for the video games and toy line. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I have a friend who was the voice of Spider-Man action figures. There you, uh, go. you know, and he was trying to do a version of Andrew Garfield at, at that time. And so the so one there, good thing about it's not Light, unheard of. The one good thing about Lightyear is that it diminishes Tim Allen's fame by saying he's only famous enough to voice the toy version of Lightyear. <laughs> That's true. I haven't he's thought about good, that. He's good at it though. I do like what yeah, Tim no, Allen does with that character, but I'll say this, I, man, I saw the trailer for this when I, uh, a few days ago and I knew about it, but as I was watching it, I was like, uh, it has been a while since I've been this ambivalent about a film. Like, it just really does not look that interesting to me at all. It looks about any generic. film. Uh, yeah. Like it's uh, so you would rather see the Phantom of the Open. <laughs> well, the thing is this, like it's like someday I'll, I'll say a negative reaction is fine. Uh, you know, but with this, I just felt like I felt so immediately. And this is not something I say often. I was so immediately bored by everything that they were doing that I was like, wow, this really, I'm just not, I'm, I'm completely, uh, not even neutral. Cause I guess, I guess that my, my reactions were more negative, but man, it just seemed like such a nothing of a film. Um, somewhat of note as like an anecdote to this, um, apparently there had been like, um, a same sex kiss in this movie and a rather prominent, um, I think lesbian storyline that got cut. And then after everyone flipped out at Disney for like supporting the don't say gay law, they restored it. So guys, we fixed uh, homophobia. Sure. That's what we, that, that was, uh, that, that's the bar. I've yeah, been waiting we for. for two women to kiss in an animated movie my entire <laughs> life. Oh boy. Well, I got to say there's a number of uh, online uh, uh, videos online that will really <laughs> work for you. You don't have to do, get too creative with your Googling <laughs> to find that. Um, uh, good night ahead of me. Well, <laughs> speaking of movies that kind of seem like nothing, but also on the other hand, movies that I really want to see uh, official competition is a uh, seems like a very uh, feel good movie starring Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas. Yeah, it's a great playing, title. I enjoy saying it. Official competition. Yeah, yeah, and they're playing insane versions of themselves because they're all playing actors trying to make a movie and it goes off the rails, which is a great genre. Honestly, sure. it looks um, very fun. Yeah, um, and just to have like two 
Almodovar mainstays in something that feels very not Almodovar uh, is could be kind of fun. I could it's see like, this as an Almodovar movie if there's a lot of sex. In yeah, it. I was gonna yeah. say if it gets like weird. It's but like I, when, I guess the way the way that the movie is being pushed, it feels more like it's a like Spanish version of one of those like cute British like village. Mm. Oh, for sure it movies, is. You I, know, I, Julie was just saying that in a certain light, this could be an Almodovar premise. Sure, like what are they doing between premise takes? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what else do we have on the 17th of June? Nothing interesting. Okay. So let's move on. See, I hate these non-standard release days. I want to move on, on to the 24th, Friday. but uh, we got like... I mean, we can just skip stuff. ahead to Elvis. I don't see anything interesting between the two. Sure. Uh, what else do we... Yeah, uh, Elvis. I mean, I, I feel like people are dunking on the trailer left and right, but like, Why? I, I will always show up for Baz Luhrmann. It's like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, it looks I'm, cool. The opposite of Lightyear, you are not going to be bored by this movie because it's it's, oh, it's yeah. a Baz Luhrmann movie. I'm I'm very excited to see it. Like, I the trailer sold me. I was really oh, ex- yeah. partially because it's just like it's Tom Hanks being delightfully over the top and. You know, like like a lot of other people, I have a very limited exposure to Austin Butler. But the the choice to cast Elvis at, with a, a a lesser known actor, it's a little ballsy. But I also think he could probably do it, and I'm really excited for it. Oh yeah, I mean, it could be a star turn. I mean, I I think he's a pretty new on the scene. I don't I don't think most people are that familiar with him. Yeah. Um. I mean, he was good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in yeah. a small role. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it seems awesome. Um. I had to Google what accent Tom Hanks is attempting. Apparently, it's Dutch. Yes. Um. Sure. Uh. But yeah, because it's also like you know there have been movies and TV about Elvis, but I feel like people haven't really gone for it in a while because it is a very it's very daunting subject matter and it's a very daunting character to play um but yeah leave it to someone like baz lerman to take a big swing and make it happen so i had such a similar thought which is the idea is like i feel like i haven't heard elvis even referenced in a while um like you know he was this cultural force and he left the building exactly and he stayed gone for a good a good portion of time but yeah i'm I'm this is one of the movies that I'm more excited for uh, this this summer. Yeah. And this is um, uh, playing premiering at Cannes. So we'll know we'll know pretty quick. Um, or we about Cannes reactions. You never know. It's true. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of getting eyeballs on it. Um, very- uh, Flux Gourmet yes. is the new Peter Strickland m- movie. Um, bringing back uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who is in um, in Fabric. Can't wait to hear about a great premise ruined by Peter Strickland. <laughs> I I liked In Fabric, and I think that's the only one I saw. I never saw Barbarian Sound Studio or Duke of Burgundy, but I did like In Fabric. Every one of his movies is like, I really want to watch any other version of this movie. I like Barbarian Sound Studio. That was the best one, and that was terrible. <laughs> uh, okay, Marcel, the show with shoes on. Isn't this like 10 years old? Um, sort of. So it was a web series created by, uh, Jenny Slate mm-hmm. and, uh, a guy whose name I can't remember. Um, this Dean, Dean Fleischer camp. Yeah. yeah. And so then they made a movie of it. Um, I saw the so this trailer. Is a, this is the new, this, this is, is not, new. they didn't like brand edit new the, web, the web series together into a feature. This no, is no, they made okay. a feature length movie. Um, I saw that the trailer. It seems kind of adorable. Honestly, I like Jenny Slate. Um, do love Jenny, Jenny Slate. Yeah. Um, it seems bizarre, but sure. Why not? 
Um, also on June 24th, Apples is a Greek movie that had a lot of festival play about a worldwide pandemic, different kind. It causes sudden amnesia um, and people have to like rebuild their memories. Um, it was good enough that Kate Blanchett signed on okay. as an executive producer. Um, there was already a movie with a very similar premise just a year or two ago called Little Fish, I think it was called. Uh, by oh, J- yeah. uh, Chad Hardigan. that one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I liked Little Fish, I think. Is that a call? Let's uh, see. Also on June 24th, another big one is The Black Phone, which is a new Scott Derrickson yeah. horror movie that I will let other people talk about. It's Ethan Hawke as the grabber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah, look, it's, it's got, I mean, uh, I could take or leave Scott Derrickson, I think. I haven't seen that much of his stuff. But Ethan Hawke, Jeremy Davies, and James Ransone. That's yeah, awesome. that's hard to beat. Yeah. I don't know, man. That premise, at some point, soon uh we're going to be doing an episode about like the the way that fatherhood has uh or just parenthood in general has impacted the way i approach movies and i wish i wish that it that it didn't but it does um i mean i i think i was always a little bit sensitive to the idea of like kids in danger and and that sort of thing but like when i read this premise <laughs> You know, the idea of a kid being kidnapped in general is one thing, but like even a kidnapper locked him in the, in a basement, a place stained with the blood of half a dozen murdered children. It's like, that's a big deal. Like this, and this feels like a bit of a sensationalistic movie. And so the idea of half a dozen kids being probably brutally killed for the sake of a sensationalistic high concept premise I don't know. I'm sure it'll be interesting, undoubtedly. And the idea of Ethan Hawke being your your villain is definitely intriguing. But it's it just sounds like I could barely get through the premise without just like starting to feel like panicky. I think the grabber will bring the proper level of uh, gravitas to this. Exactly. Exactly. Gravitas. Hey, Uh, (laughs) they should have called it that. It's zero tickets sold. First movie in which nobody attends. (laughs) Move over Zizek's Road. (laughs) Let's see. July. July 1st. Um, What do we got? You have Um, Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. Which I'm sure is Is interesting to some. Not Minions 2, The Rise of the Minion overlooking the freeway on the way into Hollywood. It's going to explain why he's there. Yeah. Why he's so Extremely big LA reference. Yeah. Somebody's that's what the show. That's what the show is. That's the, true. The, one of the many things the show is also, there's another Leonard Cohen documentary, which there was one Marion and Leonard yeah. just a few years ago. We also skipped over speaking of music docs weeks ago. There was a dinosaur junior documentary. Uh, I don't know. Most documentaries about musicians that I like, uh, <laughs> don't impress me. Um, so, uh, but I always feel like I want to, point them out um velvet underground last year being the rare exception i liked that okay um, also on july 1st you have um, mr malcolm's list um which is the premise is basically that it's kind of like a victorian comedy or no earlier than kind of um jane austen era whatever era that is um like comedy of manners but with a cast of people of color um interestingly this was put in development before bridgerton existed um, but now Bridgerton exists and I'm not mm-hmm. saying there can't be both, but it does feel like their big hook got stolen. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to say even the title is very uh, Bridgerton yeah. adjacent. Yeah. yeah. So, but Hey, I mean, there should be more of it. So sure. Celebrate that. 
Um, um, I think the era of Jane Austen stories would be Regency. I think that's the uh, okay. era you're looking for. Sure. Yes. Um, also on July 1st, you have The Forgiven, um, which is like a moody chamber piece with Ray Fine and Jessica Chastain. Yeah, the new John Michael McDonough movie. Oh, yeah. indeed. So that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm a big um, fan of uh, Calvary. Yeah. I didn't see um, War and Everyone. Was that his last one? Or did you do something else? Since oh, I missed, I, completely missed that if that happened. I, I didn't see War and Everyone. I liked uh, uh, the guard too. Yeah, so. the guard was good. Yeah, yeah. War and Everyone, 2016. I didn't see it. It got bad reviews, but that doesn't necessarily mean a lot of people didn't like Calvary either. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the the Forgiven. Oh yeah, this came up on the podcast, Tyler, a while back when you and I were talking about how long it's been since Jessica Chastain has been in a movie we liked. Right. And I think we were both kind of pinning our hopes on on the Forgiven to to break the spell that's been in place yeah. since Crimson Peak. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a solid premise, solid director, good cast. Matt Smith is in it as well, and uh, and I think he's a pretty good actor. So yeah, it, it definitely sounds intriguing. All right, what else we got here? Um, also on July first, you have the Princess, which is a Joey King kind of medieval fantasy type thing, um, produced by Twentieth Century Fox, getting dumped on Hulu. Yeah, mm. damn them. Ooh, a new liaisons. Oh, well, you skipped over skipped both sides of the blade. The new uh, it's a new Claire Denis movie and it's called both sides of the blade. Either one of those things on its own would make me want to see the movie. Sure. I didn't skip over it. I was just going to July 8th. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you technically yeah. you just skipped over it because of the order of the spreadsheet. That's right. all. I'm well, that's, and that's you got your Julia Benotion there. That's yeah, pretty good too. Vincent, I think they're really Vincent splitting Dome, the blade on this one. Matthew Diop. There's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of French heavy hitters involved in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll show up for anything, Binoche, but especially a new Claire Denis movie. Hell yeah. Yes. And also there's a new dangerous liaisons. Liaison dangereux. <laughs> uh, but I don't know these actors. Um, sorry. If that makes yeah, sense neither do I. Okay. Thank God. Well, Netflix, that's, that's, there you go. Um, all right. Um, also on July 8th, you have um, Marina, which had some festival play, executive produced by Martin Scorsese. Um, a teenager decides to replace her controlling father with his wealthy foreign friend during a weekend of sailing, sensuality, and violence. Oh, my three, my three favorite things. Yeah. Hey, we had the same joke. So, um, and uh, also on July 8th, the new Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder. Still making those, huh? They are still making those, but they brought Natalie Portman back to be in a huge role, which is appealing. Damn them. Um, and Christian Bale is the villain, also appealing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it does have Chris Pratt in it, but Natalie Portman's good enough to outweigh that. And well, Tessa and Thompson I also having a bigger role. Sure. I also don't think like the Guardians play a big role in it. I think they're sort of at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm intrigued by it because it just it just looks like it, it really just upsets everything that Thor is like, as far as like status and, and, and that sort of thing. Like it's, it sounds like he's having a bit of an identity crisis and the idea that he might be like, just sort of handing everything that he is over to other people. I don't know. It, it, it definitely intrigues me. I do one. I do worry that it's going to be a little bit too cutesy and self-consciously yeah. cool and that sort of thing. But, but as far as like just the, 
the meat of like what the characters are going through. I'm on board for that. Um, I, I do enjoy Chris Hemsworth continuing to find out how much he can like denigrate the character that made him famous over yes. the course of the decades. So hopefully that track will continue. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like somebody pointed out that like Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth have had opposite career trajectories. Yeah. That's about of, right. Where like Chris Pratt started out sort of overweight playing goofy, like weirdos, but then like became a very serious action star. And Chris yeah. Hemsworth did the exact opposite and made everyone love him more. I think, I mean, he's really proven over time how funny he is, yeah. um, which was really not evident at first. And I think it has made the character more fun um, and he's just fun to watch. So, and in, in Endgame, he himself was in a fat suit. So really, they really are opposites there. <laughs> Um, I just noticed that, um, so Taika Waititi is back from Thor Ragnarok, but he did not bring Mark Mothersbaugh along with him to do hmm. the score. This is a nothing. I mean, I like Michael Giacchino, but this is a Michael Giacchino joint. I would have liked to have seen the, uh, yeah. Waititi Mothersbaugh, uh, collaboration again. All right. So what are we on to next? Um, I think further on in the month, yeah, July, July 15th, 15th. there's gotta be something. There's got to be something on the 15th. There is. Um, there's many things. One of them is Don't Make Me Go, which is another entry in my favorite new subgenre. John Cho is a hot dad. Um, it's a father-daughter road trip movie coming from Amazon. Um, yeah, sounds great. And- yeah, but it, I don't know. I, I like John Cho a lot, but... When I look at this, Tyler, did you like, miss the part where he's a hot dad? Was that like confusing or you didn't hear me? Or... Let me say this. That is always in the forefront of my brain. All okay, right? good. I'm, I'm never, glad we can agree on that. I'm never, it's never too far from my thinking, right, but right. looking at the specifics here mm-hmm. after learning, he has a brain tumor. It's like, okay, so there's that a single father takes his teenage daughter on a trip. Okay to find the mother who abandoned them years ago. Okay. So it just feels like there are so many elements that I feel like I've seen before. Uh, Obviously just because something has been done before doesn't mean it can't be done well, but it is definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, it's, I feel like I can imagine the, uh, the beats already. What was that? Uh, I'm sure he'll do fun movie where he took his daughters for a long drive to ignore telling them their mom died. Which movie? Oh, like 2008. Who's in it? Yeah. John Cusack. Shoot. Yeah. And it had like some, like it had like early buzz and that sort of thing. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't that good. Um, And Roger Ebert had like the perfect line on it. He's like, you spend the whole movie waiting for him to tell them the daughters, their mom died and he can't not tell them. So like, is it yeah. grace is gone. Grace is gone. That's yes. the one. Yes. And the waning career years of John Cusack. We were still like, make a good movie again. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I, I will be with the over 65 crowd, just breaking down the doors of the landmark, forcing them to reopen, to show it. Um, <laughs> teams, Leslie Manville and Isabel Huppert, the, you know, combo we all need yeah. in our lives. And as, uh, playing a woman in the fi- in fifties, London, who wants to buy her own Dior dress. How delightful. I know. Um, also on. The 15th. Um, speaking of the Regency era, we have um, an adaptation of Jane Austen's Persuasion. Um, Jane Austen's having a moment. Jane Austen is so is Dakota Johnson. So is Dakota yeah. Johnson. Yeah, this also stars um, Dakota Johnson. Um, so that'll be on Netflix for easy viewing. Um, we also 
on July 15th, we have one up, which was notable to me when I first heard about it, because I was not aware that there are now esports teams at colleges. I guess that makes sense. I like heard this premise and I was like, what a, what a whimsical thing to make up. And I looked it up <laughs> and it's real. And it's in this case, like she got an esports scholarship and has to like assemble a team to keep it. And I was like, I feel very divorced from the modern world right now. If this is what's happening, but more power to them. Um, also on July 15th, you have bed rest, which is um, a horror movie about mm. a woman mentally unraveling while on bed rest. Um, I think this was a script that was bought by just this random like housewife living in Texas and like submitted a script and they made it into a movie. So yeah, that's kind of fun. Good for her. Um, I'm looking forward to, not really, but kind of looking forward to the movie Where the Crawdads Sing, because that's a good title. I didn't watch Normal People, but I know Daisy, Daisy Edgar Jones is very buzzy uh, uh, these days because of Normal People. But also, I grew up in a part of the country where we say crawdads as opposed to crawfish or sure. crayfish. So uh, I'm uh, excited for that. You realize the rest of the country just isn't referring to this animal at all, let alone by some separate right. name. <laughs> um, yeah, this is based on a very popular book. Everyone pause this podcast and ask your mom if she read this book because she my, read this book. My mom read this book. She literally mentioned it like two weeks ago. And yeah. Jen actually read a book by the same author um, that in which she's telling her own story. And once you hear what the story of where the crawdad sing is like, oh, she's essentially retelling her story with some, you know, obviously, obviously some some big changes made as far as the 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 decoration. Uh, but the the basic premise is very similar, uh, which for Jen means that like where the crawdad sing is is uh, more disturbing because she knows some of the background. Um, but it looks good. It looks like an interesting movie. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's a very popular book. Um, seems interesting. Um, so anything else on the 15th? I don't think so. All right, let's move on to the 22nd of July. 22 July, the Paul Greengrass. <laughs> <laughs> Weird shout out, but okay. His movie was about this release date. Yeah. yeah, it was about the release of The Gray Man. Yeah. Um, Finally, uh, a man who's gray. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of is, movies coming out that July 22nd that should be titled Nope, The Gray Man. <laughs> <laughs> what a reach. Um, after, well, after having seen Cherry, I'm hoping you guys all skipped Cherry. Uh, did indeed. Yeah, it, yeah. It's dreadful. So the Russo's teaming up with a different uh, MCU alum, uh, Chris Evans this time. I'm not, not getting my hopes. I, mean, I will be staying away unless, you know, uh, I get to review it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, both Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are two people I used to like and now just can't get excited about. Yeah, and Anna Darmus, everyone likes her. Yeah. Yes, uh, still like her, still like Billy Bob Thornton. Um, so, I know. mean, the main pitch for this movie and everything I've read about it has been the budget. Like, they keep just talking about how it's the most expensive Netflix original ever. But, like, I feel like when I watch some of these movies, I don't see the money on the screen. I'm like, where is it going? Like, what are you doing with it? Wasn't yeah. the Irishman like insanely expensive? Like, well, but at least for that, that price, you got some stars in it. Oh, absolutely. But you got a uh, good it's, it's, movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just mean, as far as numbers, like that yeah. was a very high price. I can't imagine paying more than that. Like, wasn't it like 150, $200 million? 
I think it was maybe 150 or something. But okay. Yeah, the gray man is 200. Um, <sighs> for just what seems like kind of a standard like thriller type thing. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, if you're not into that, there is the new Jordan Peele that day called Nope. Which I'm very excited sure. for. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely excited for that. Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Yun. Um, nobody really knows what it's about. Oh, it, you said and Michael Mike, Wincott. And Michael Wincott. Yeah. Slow down there. <laughs> you're talking um, to David and Tyler here, too. Yeah. Died in the wool, Michael Wincott fame. Yeah. How, what must his voice sound like now? I know. I can't yeah. wait. Another, I can't wait. Another 20-something years of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, nobody really knows what it's going to be inaudible, just like rumbling when he talks. Um, I think it involves aliens. It looks like aliens. I can't remember. Are you guys, uh, did you guys feel like us was better than get out? I did. Um, Tyler didn't. As I, I did not. I, I like the first 45 minutes of us and then it lost me. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. I am. I'm definitely, I like, I liked get out a lot, but us was the one that was like, all right, now we're talking. Yeah, there's there's one of them I bought on Blu-ray and it's not it's not Get Out. There you go. Um, but I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about Get Out. Get Out's great. No, that's just, yeah. Yeah, Us it's all like really this is the problem is because Get Out was the one that got all the praise. I feel like I got to like kind of like undercut it a little bit. But I did I did really like it. It's just that Us was like some next level shit. Us is definitely very ambitious, and I think directorially he does a fine job with it. I think it really is just for me at the script level uh, that it that it bothers me. I think also like, you know, when he made Get Out, everyone just knew him as a comedy guy. Right. And it was then more his of movie a came out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the 29th. Um, well, on July 28th, there is a reboot of House Party on hmm. HBO Max, which is finally kind of, resetting the House Party universe, which is kind of a funny movie to reboot in that it's a rather thin premise. Like at a certain point, is it isn't it just another movie about a party? Yeah. But, I mean, House Party is pretty great. Yeah. I've never so, seen it. Oh, it's really good. Um, even if every time I think of the title, I just think of that bit from Jan Sound Bob Strike Back, where they're like, this is going to make House Party 2 look like House Party 3 or House Party 4. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't remember that joke, unfortunately. Uh, I, I went through a, a large Kevin Smith phase, like most people roughly our age, and I probably watched that movie about 500 times. Oh, wow. wow. Well, I think, I think this is, uh, I always like to bring up when, when the four years of difference, less than four years of difference between you and us, between you and me, like, uh, actually, uh, uh, is germane because I think I was, by the time of Jane and Baba, I was starting to outgrow Kevin. Yeah. That's so I saw it. Right. I saw it in the theater. I went and saw it in the theater, Yeah, but I, but I was already like, uh, he was already wearing thin with me. Yeah. There, it definitely I had, I had friends who thought it was absolutely hysterical and I laughed a few times for sure, but I definitely, and then I, I did see clerks too. Uh, not my idea. A friend wanted to go see it. So we did. And I remember being like, oh, okay, so we're done. Right. Like we're done. And, although admittedly, I remember thinking Jersey girl was quite charming and, uh, and it, bo- it bothered me that he moved away from that because his fans couldn't stand the idea of something charming. Um, but whereas yeah. uh, Jan Soundbob's direct back came out when I was coming out of eighth grade into freshman year of high school. So could Perfect. not have been better timing. Perfect. Right. Yes. Um, okay. Should we move on to the 29th? Yes, then? absolutely. 
Um, I don't know much about uh, a love song. I don't know this director's name, but it's Dale Dickey and Wes Studi. And that's, that's, well, that that's almost promising. enough. Yeah. Yes. And it's from all accounts. I think it played some festivals. It is from all accounts, a tender romance. And you this don't often so get yeah. tender romances for people like over a certain age, unless they're British. Yeah. I feel like that's a weird carve out where like you can have that if they're British, but not American. I, I would also say it's unusual for, and I really don't I mean, this is a, uh, uh, way to talk down about either actor, but they're, they're a very wrinkly uh, pair uh, at, you know, <laughs> yeah. at any age, a uh, lot of, a lot of details to their faces and you don't, you don't yeah. need your reminds for people that, that uh, look and looking that way. But good for them. No, yeah. that's, I, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a bad quality. I'm saying this is a good quality for a movie. Oh yeah. Um, but if you can't handle that level of vulnerability and emotion, you can always see DC league of super pets instead, <laughs> which like for a Warner brothers movie, looks like it was made for all of like $3. Like the yeah. animation looks unbelievably cheap. Yeah. They spend it all on a voice cast, I guess. That's so, for sure. Feature directorial debut from BJ Novak. And it's a thriller. Yeah, it's, it's that intrigues vengeance. me. Yeah, this is called Vengeance, by the way. B.J. Novak did yeah, not direct so, DC League of Super Pets. No, I was, I was moving on. I said Vengeance, to, uh, but it okay. got lost in what we were saying. Right. Um, but it just kind of reminds me of, I don't know if it'll be this good. Um, I really liked um, False Positive. Was that last year, the year before? Oh, yeah, I missed just like, that. But it's like Alana Glazer and it's directed by John Lee, who's like the guy from like Wonder Shows and in Broad City and stuff like that. And he made like a straightforward like psychological horror movie um that's really good uh, well, I think, so i don't know if vengeance will be the same thing but uh i'm definitely curious he's directing think, himself in the lead which is as yeah. a journalist and podcaster which is uh i, I believe this i believe him in the second one not the first one necessarily <laughs> i, I um, yeah i believe him as the movie version of the first one but i believe him in yeah. reality as the second one yeah it also has it, ashton kutcher in it which is weird i feel like yeah. he's mostly like a venture capitalist now oh jay smith cameras in it though yeah that that definitely intrigues me i like her um who is she what do i know her margaret. uh you would know her from margaret but and you've not seen she's wonderful on um succession, succession. yeah like I, I the show i think is is occasionally uh, amazing yeah. but for the most part i i think it's fine but she is always great um oh and also but, uh, uh, you, can, you can count on me as well she's, oh sure yes yes to this yeah. All right. Um, Cause I think she's married to Kenneth. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, yeah, well, and, and regarding vengeance, yeah, it's, I mean, we were just talking about Jordan Peele. Like I do think that like comedy people can, I think for whatever reason, I mean, my own theory is that like horror and comedy, they're both getting involuntary responses from people. And so if you can do, it's why the two tend to go so well together and why like having laughs in a horror movie does not actually negate the horror. And so I do, I do wonder if, if, uh, if an vengeance could wind up being actually really good because he's a comedy guy and just seems able to like tap into instinctive responses. Yeah. I was just talking about this the other night, actually with someone at work. Um, Cause it really in both you're like leading the audience towards a familiar expectation. And then you just got to twist it slightly in order yeah. for it to be effective. So yeah. it's, it really is kind of a similar impulse. The only thing I would question is, is BJ Novak that funny? And can he twist that impulse to be that thrilling? I find him conversationally funny. Anytime he's been like on a late night show or something like that, I always find him very funny and extremely charming. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think he, but of course there's, 
there is a difference between conversationally charming and, and writing something like there are, I won't say names, but like there are people that comedians that, that David and I have, have spoken to um, like in real life. And that, like, we, we can't breathe because we're laughing so hard. Meanwhile, their act I think is fine. Sure. And, and it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And then vice versa, very much so. Uh, whenever I think of Bichino, like I always think of, you know, um, comedian Andy Kindler every year does the like state of the comedy industry, yeah. like a uh, uh, thing in, is in Montreal that he does it at Just for Life, I, I think. I think so. Yeah. And yeah, one, one year, and this is like, you know, 15 years ago, he said like this year's perseverance award goes to BJ Novak, who suffered the entire flight from Harvard to Los Angeles without getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, are you moving, moving on to August fifth? Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I'm right. very intrigued by bodies, bodies, bodies. Mostly yeah. Brady Bunch voice. Bodies, bodies. bodies. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I hear it in my head. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it for a number of reasons, not least of which is um, I haven't seen Maria Bakalova in anything since for for right. two. So I'm uh, curious. You to didn't see watch that. the bubble. I did. I did not watch the bubble. Yeah. Um, also, Rachel Sennett of uh, Shiva mm-hmm. Baby fame. Yeah. Uh, best movie you've ever seen, Shiva Baby fame. Um, and yeah, it's it's an interesting premise. It's I didn't know this was a thing, but it's a group of 20-somethings playing a hurricane party at a mansion. I guess you just ride out a hurricane while hmm. having a party, but then there's like murder and mayhem. And um, yeah, I played some festivals and I think people generally liked it. It's kind of like a commentary on... on I doubt one time, it. Okay. One time I was in... I was in New Orleans and there was a hurricane coming in and I'm mostly missing the city, but we ended up like, we had to spend like, we had to be back at our hotel room by like five or 6 PM and like, just hmm. stay. We went like down to the bar, but we basically had to stay at the hotel, but there were like bars that were saying like, come on, uh, spend the night with us. Cause there's no last call in, in New Orleans. They were like, spend the night at our bar. And like the, the mayor was like on the TV being like, please don't do this, <laughs> but it is a thing that people, people do. Um, right. I, I remember the, uh, there was that press conference, like when I forget, I think it was hurricane Sandy, uh, was going to hit, uh, New Jersey. And this is when Chris Christie was, uh, was governor. And there were people that were like on, on the beach, like just uh, like in defiance of, of the hurricane. And he was giving a press conference and, you know, th- say what you want about Chris Christie. Uh, he can deliver lines pretty well sometimes. And he just seems so exasperated. And he's like, just get the hell off the beach. Like, he's just like, I can't believe I have to say this. Man, you sign up to run the state you run. I, I don't know what he expected. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I also, before we move on from bodies, 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 um, uh, Speaking of actors who are big and are great when they're in the thing that meets the level of their bigness, Lee Pace is oh, someone absolutely. that I often really like, but sometimes I'm like, <laughs> this, is, this guy is wrong for, right. for, uh, for this. Um, but uh, uh, I'm always curious to see, to see Lee Pace. I'm very excited for Bullet Train. It looks yeah, like a lot wild. of fun. It does look like fun. It, it does have this very like modern action movie thing of having the most annoying character names you can ever imagine. But other than that, uh, I'm very, I'm very into it. I don't know. Brad Pitt as Ladybug. If it makes you feel any better, it is based on a Japanese graphic novel. Does that help? Well, it certainly bolsters, I'd say. Um, yeah. But yeah, this cast is insane. It's Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beetz, Michael Shannon, Andrew Koji, and Bad Bunny. Yeah. Um, 
and they're all on a train and filled with bullets filled with bullets no i mean the trailer looked super cool i'm into it yeah um yeah they uh i think they had to move that one around a lot for the pandemic so but it seems like it's time has finally come um also on the day is easter sunday um which is uh i think written or based on a story by the comedian joe coy um the the pitch I, I think they're saying it's the first studio movie featuring a predominantly Filipino cast and it's just mm. about kind of like the a crazy family thing that goes down on the titular holiday. Um, I love movies about like family drama, <laughs> like comedies about family drama and just like people yelling at each other. That sounds fun to me. Um, um I would yeah, um, I would say I'm a little bit put off by Jay. Chandra Sakar is a director. He's like, I mean, he obviously he directed Super Troopers, which is a very uh, good and funny movie, but he's become like a director for hire on sitcoms. And I feel like right, his yeah. style is very sitcom Yeah. And so I, I, I don't expect Easter Sunday to be a very, uh, uh, have, have much of a stamp on it. Yeah. That's fair. Um, also on that day, you have Luck, which is an, another Apple. Um, it's an Apple animated movie that um, Emma Thompson dropped out of because John Laster worked on it. And she's like, get me the hell out of here with this rapist. Um, yeah. So. But you yeah. know who loves rapists? Oh, boy. <laughs> Isn't that I mean, that's that's the setup here, right? Is that it? Yeah. if you're setting it up to be that way, then clearly Jane Fonda. Oh, totally yeah. fine with that. I thought you were going to say Whoopi Goldberg because she did famously describe what bill cosby did as not rape rape oh really <laughs> right yeah i can't remember which role emma thompson had um but yeah it's it sounds sort of pixar because it's about good and bad logic personified um which seems very inside out adjacent honestly yeah <laughs> um or soul adjacent whatever happened to anime movies that were just about dogs <laughs> I mean the secret well, now, yeah. now just looking at this i realize like i haven't seen that movie pure luck in a while with uh, martin short and danny glover i need to see that that's clearly what they're trying to do is make you think of that movie yes um also on august 5th is not okay well the movie's called not okay which is leads to confusing sentences um that's another one in the searchlight to hulu pipeline um but it stars uh, zoe deutsch who i adore we love we stand in this house um and she pretends to um, she fakes a trip to Paris, but then there's like a terrifying incident in Paris. Um, and so she has to keep pretending she's there and it like spirals out of control. This which seems like, like prime Zoe Deutsch this material. Is prime Zoe Deutsch material. And I'm very ready for it. Um, Sorry, I have to uh, interject to correct something that I said because I was wrong. Whoopi Goldberg did defend Bill Cosby, but the not rape rape thing was something she said about Roman Polanski, which doesn't make her look any better, but I wanted to make oh. it clear that I was, but I guess I, got, oh, there was a, there was like, he's a just John covering Oliver. all the bases of defending well, people. I, I think I got confused because there was like a John Oliver thing where he was putting together a compilation of her defending rapists. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, and, and it, uh, so I got them confused. So she said That's that about Roman Polanski. So many yeah. that you can get it confused, yeah. but she was also a defender of, of Bill Cosby. All right. Okay. sorry. So, uh, you were saying about Zoe Deutsch. <laughs> Just that we love her. Just that we love her. She's great. She can really carry some pretty flimsy stuff. That's for sure. Um, I mean, Zombieland too. She's like yeah. incredible. Oh, um, yeah. Wait. 
um, don't wait. This is a podcast. Hey, everybody, don't talk. For <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop what you're doing. David has to look something up. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued. Okay. I'm intrigued a little bit by I Love My Dad starring Patton Oswalt. Uh, any film where he's the lead usually intrigues me just as a comedian. I, I like him, but I, I do think he's a very interesting performer. I remember liking him in Big Fan. Um, and here the, the premise is fine um i've seen versions of this premise on like tv shows right um, but uh so the you know it's it's about a, a a father trying to like connect with his son but he can't really do it directly so he uh impersonates uh a woman online and and then his son is you know i think it becomes romantically interested in in quote unquote her and that sort of thing. So it's like, all right, there it's kind of a zany premise, but at its core is like this desire to like uh, connect with, with uh, his kid. And so like, I'm intrigued by it, but I, I will also not necessarily be surprised if it is not uh, well, it played, a, a well-made um, film South by Southwest. And I think it won the section it was in. It like won okay. an audience award or won some kind of award. So okay, people seem to like it. Um, also on, let's see. Uh, I'm super pumped to check out Resurrection, which I wanted to see at the Sundance online thing. Um, it just sounds like a very trippy psychological thriller and it's got Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth, which is already yeah. enough to sell me. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, oh, there's another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Holy cow. But animated this time. They keep changing their minds on which way they want to go with this franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they made an animated one in what? Oh, seven or something. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Called, it was called. TMS TMNT. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. That. I think this one, it might be a spinoff of like a current animated show or something. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix. With I, Haley Joel Osmond. Sure. Um, also on August 5th, you have secret headquarters, which is like a action adventure, um, thing about a kid discovering that, um, like, a superhero lair in his house um, has Owen Wilson though. I'm always happy to see Owen Wilson and Michael, and Michael Pena. Yeah. yeah. Noted Scientologist, Michael Pena. <laughs> we, are we supposed to say that about all of them? I'm, I'm liking how many people were throwing under the bus completely unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, am I going to get uh, like, am I going to get thrown under the bus for saying I'm looking forward to sharp stick? I mean, I'm 100% looking forward to Sharp okay. Stick. One, because I, I got a very divisive reaction at Sundance, which I always enjoy. And two, because I still love girls. And, you know, what yeah, I mean, that's not only like in life, but, you know, in show. <laughs> but uh, here, this is the new Lena Dunham for some this context. Is new, yeah. this, is, this is what I was going to get into. This is the new Lena Dunham. And yes, there are things about her like public personality that uh, have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way over the last 10 years or so. And I don't begrudge people that but i still tend to like the stuff that she makes <coughs> so um i'm looking forward to to sharp stick and it's got jennifer jason lee in it so you know yeah there's at least something extremely good in it yeah yeah uh i'm uh very skeptical of they them though yeah the I, I just so heard about it today it's a horror movie that takes place at a like uh a gay conversion camp I, I think um, from what I understand. Yeah. So it's a slasher oh, movie set at a gay conversion camp. Um, how's Kevin yeah. Bacon though? This premise does feel inevitable. Like somebody had to make this movie. Sure. Eventually. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's is... Kevin Bacon, Carrie Preston, Anna Nishlomsky, all people <laughs> that I, that I like, uh, but it just, it, it, it feels like 
Blumhouse or whoever just like uh, trying to be down or like cashing in on, yeah. on to be what's down. yeah <laughs> trying to be down uh, just um, uh, uh, trying to play with the like turn the actual like very serious like social political conversations in in into uh in, into kitsch and, and into into something that they can uh uh bank on and 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 play around in without in, in a way that feels like it look i haven't seen the movie this could all be wrong but my yeah. this is what we do in this uh, this episode is is we prognosticate i feel like it could be patronizing or or oh, yes. potentially just uh flat out uh offensive that said that's a good title like for yeah. a horror movie, that's a with with a premise like that. That is a great title. Um, okay. Same John Logan who like wrote the Aviator. I yeah, think it is. No, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Aviator, Hugo, Gladiator, Skyfall. Yeah. yeah, it's that one. I guess he did write Alien Covenant. So, <clears throat> yeah. been on it some kind of trajectory. Um, but also, if you don't want to watch it, it's very easy to avoid. It's on Peacock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Couldn't see it if you tried. <laughs> I don't to watch peacock nobody knows i have peacock okay i sent up to peacock to watch dr death and uh <laughs> now i watch brooklyn nine nine <laughs> sure <laughs> all right all right okay. okay uh um 13 the musical which i'm just hearing about uh um, on august 12th but uh, yes, this is a new movie from director Tamra Davis, who uh, made movies like Billy Madison and Half Baked, uh, movies that oh. are pretty uh, formative uh, yeah. for me. Um, she's been doing, in the time since then, she's been doing a lot of television. But um, yeah, I, I recognized that name immediately and, and was uh, glad to see her back. She's also got a lot of experience in the music video world, which uh, I said on the podcast before, I almost never watch music videos, but I'm always very intrigued by feature film directors who come from the world of music videos. Sure. So um, uh, yeah, 13, the musical, I don't know what it's about. I haven't gotten that far um, yet. It's a, uh, it's based on a 2005 off Broadway musical by Jason Robert Brown. Who's done a lot of like amazing musical theater. Um, it was notable at the time for starring, I think all actual 13 year olds. And I feel like maybe even Ariana Grande was one of them. Um, wow. But yeah, it sounds very musical theatery, and I like that. <laughs> I am completely about that <laughs> life. Um, I'm like, give me people singing their feelings all day, every day. Um, but yeah, that'll be on Netflix. Um, you also have on that day um, something called Day Shift on Netflix with Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. The premise takes a real turn. I was just looking at it. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah. It involves vampires, it seems. A hardworking dad just wants to provide the good life for his quick daughter, but his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income. Hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of vampire hunters. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it seems like Jamie Foxx's career is a bit of, bit of a struggle bus these days, yeah? Or I mean, I've never been like happen? all that into him outside of collateral. Hmm. Right. I remember um, liking him in Baby Driver. Uh, I thought he was a lot of fun in that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. He's, I don't know, he, he has a lot of charisma, but it always, I feel like it's, it's rarely utilized as well as it, as it can be. 
I mean, maybe he's devoting all his energy to hosting Beach Shazam. Is that? Does he yeah, that feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. Takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, uh, M, M into Audrey Plaza as a criminal in Emily the Criminal. Okay. Well, we don't like Aubrey Plaza here. We didn't see uh, Black Bear. I liked Black Bear. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did. But we also watch... saw the Child's Play remake, so she's you know Which she's I not a guarantee. She's not a guarantee. I just got Gina Gershon in it too. I like saw her. a movie called Best Sellers on a plane. Uh, I almost her and Michael Caine. Uh, that is the only way to, that's the only place to watch it. Uh, and, uh, a spoiler for an upcoming movie journal, uh, I didn't care for it. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and she, but she's, tr- you know, she's trying to kind of break out of, I think the, the way that people see her and, uh, you know, she's not bad. Um, um also on August okay. 12th, you have Mac and Rita. That's what I was going to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Well, just because uh, Katie Aselson is someone that I know as an actor, but is a, it was a director and hasn't directed anything in 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 a decade. So um, I guess uh, I don't know if it was because like the league took off and she uh, became known as as an actor. But I like her as an actor, and um, uh, I guess this uh, this project and and Diane Keaton is what brought her back to directing after after ten years. So it's it's just thirty going on sixty five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. And it's all, also Taylor page from, um, yeah. Uh, Zola. So Zola. that's, that's also very, very exciting. Uh, yeah. But Katie Aselton was in as an, as an actor was in deep murder, which is, uh, a mm. battleship retention faith. Absolutely. Oh, and Simon Rex is in this. Simon Rex, Nicole Byer and Patty Harrison. So all right. Some so cast all around solid cast. Um, New James Ponsult joint. I know. Speaking of guys that I thought just stopped directing, what was the last thing he did? Um, the Circle, maybe? Oh, I The Circle the, was his last yeah. feature. Yeah. Although he did a TV movie, apparently, called Thin Ice, according to IMDb. But I don't know what this is. There's so little information. I don't know if it really exists. Um, Probably not. But uh, yeah, The Circle was the last one he made. I didn't see the last one he made that I saw was The End of the Tour, which I liked. I wasn't a, spe- yeah. a Spectacular Now uh, fan, really. Um, I do love I, The End of the Tour. I liked The End of the Tour. And uh, uh, I don't know, Summering has Lake Bell in it. Um, that's, that's always good. Yeah. And yeah. It's about four girls growing up at the end of a summer. Okay. What more do you need? Yeah. Um, Moving on to August nineteenth. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, August nineteenth. A new Baltasar Cormacher. <laughs> Watch out! <laughs> I am, uh, Man, speaking of people, you get that one away. Uh, I am a lo- low key fan. I'm not like, I'm not saying he's as good as like a uh, what's the, I don't know how you say his name, Jean Colesera, who's like a the vulgar tourist, vulgar art tourist that everyone loves. I'm not saying he's up there with that, but I think Baltasar Cormacher makes like uh, fun B movie thrillers uh that uh tend to not get as much attention as they as they as they deserve um oh yeah i forgot he he did like a, a drift too which was fairly recent um yeah and he did um he did two guns is that him right uh yeah i liked i liked two guns um contraband was another uh mark Wahlberg one was a more hit, hit or miss but when, when yeah. it hit it, it hit the poster where he's scratching his back right <laughs> that's right yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> no i can't because he's supposed to be like 
hiding money like, like a money belt or yeah, something. he's like revealing money but just the way that his arm it is just looks, it just like, looks yeah. like he's scratching his back it's just a candid <laughs> shot yeah <laughs> scratching his back yeah so i don't know uh idris elba shelto copley being uh, stopped by lions yeah so that sounds very promising yeah i like uh i like baltazar comworkers movies so i'm uh i'm interested uh, oh, new Luca Guadagnino joint about shoes. Uh, yeah, it's a documentary about um, uh, Salvatore Ferragamo. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't he? He has another one, like a movie movie coming out, right? Or no? Um, not for a bit. Yeah, I think like he just fall thing. he wrapped that recently. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So you can tide yourself over with this documentary about a shoemaker. You're thinking of Bones and All, which I think recently wrapped shooting. Um, oh, because that's why I was thinking, because I've been saying for a while that Tyler and I need to do a two-parter of movies about cannibalism and movies about incest. Mm. The two, the two taboos, the two taboos that are left. And, yes. and Bone, so I think I was looking at like okay. cannibalism movies and I saw Bones and All was something that was coming out. Uh, yeah. I'm on board with that. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that you, I forgot that you said, that was a David suggestion, by the way. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I not only did I not uh, scoff at the idea, I embraced it. Let's do it. Well, it had it start because I was like around Thanksgiving. I was talking with a friend of mine and she mentioned House of Yes, which I think is a Thanksgiving movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. I think it's a Thanksgiving movie, but it's definitely an incest movie. And she was like, I secretly really like incest movies. And so we were trying <laughs> to name them. And uh, that gave me the idea to do uh, to do a. An episode about it. What's going to sure. be the stance of these episodes? Like cannibalism, incest, pro or con? Oh, very pro, I think extremely pro. <laughs> a movie by movie basis. Yeah. yeah, do the movies do justice to these noble topics? At the yeah. core of both. At the core of both is loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> or hunger. Um, a hunger also, for connection, Julie. True. Uh, are we still on the nineteenth? Probably not. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know much about it except that I've read good things about it. Uh, three minutes, a lengthening is uh, a, a documentary, um, a home movie shot by David Kurtz in 1938 in a Jewish town in Poland uh, and mm. tries to postpone its ending. Um, yeah. They basically, they have three minutes of footage of um, like Jewish inhabitants of this town before the Holocaust. And they try right. to like talk about it and explore it. And Helena Bonham Carter's the narrator. Hmm. That sounds yeah, great. It sounds really interesting. Um, um, and then, on to the 26th, we have 892, 892, I don't know. Um, but this played at Sundance and was well-received. It stars um, John Boyega. It's a true story of a guy who, I think it's because he needed healthcare or something. He needed something, but he like, he sort of like half-acidly robbed a bank. Like he basically like- This is just ambulance. Um, <laughs> but it has John Boyega. Um, so- yeah, people like no. It, it does look pretty cool, and Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah, one of the one of the last uh, mm -hmm. Michael K. Williams uh, performances. Um, um, and also on the twenty sixth, you have Me Time, which is a Kevin Hart Netflix joint. It's a solid um, cast, but that premise sounds just awful. Yeah, I mean, it seems like both Kevin Hart and Mark, Mark Wahlberg trying to get further and further out of their lane and yeah. continuing to fail. This seems very much in their lane. No? Well, it seems like in the lane they want to be in, but not in the lane where they're actually talented. Oh. But they just keep trying to do this kind of thing over and over and over again. Yeah, it does not. That does not sound good to me. I do feel like they could, the cast could 
salvage it and make it fun and, and original. But I, I can already picture like I'm assuming Regina Hall is is going to play the main character's wife. And I imagine right. they're not going to give her a lot to do. Nope. No, just a hunch. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, also in the 26th, you have a Sylvester Stallone joint called Samaritan. Um, Speaking of people really trying to define their lane at a certain point. Um, yeah. So what years uh, after an epic battle of the supervillain dead and super missing a young boy befriends an old man across the street who may be the hero in hiding. Oh, I'm sure he's just an old man movie. in hiding. It's a reverse apt pupil. <laughs> said no one else <laughs> oh the good boss is finally coming out finally wow. a movie about a good boss not talk about science fiction um, but I'm very intrigued by this <laughs> I'm very intrigued by this because it was the movie that Spain chose to submit to the Oscars instead of Parallel Mothers right um, mm. so it better be good also notably Parallel Mothers does kind of uh, wrap Spain on the yeah. wrist for a bit of a low-key genocide. I have so. some things to say about Spanish history. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I've, that's why I've, I've wondered, is it I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's different country to country, but like who who is in charge of deciding <clears throat> it is what gets submitted? But, but, so but it is, if it is a governmental body, yeah. it usually is, especially you can yeah, understand I, I know in Europe why, it is. Yeah, so you can understand why they yeah. might not want to uh, crow about parallel mothers. Um, but yeah, I mean, Javier Bardem is always very interesting to watch. Um, and this is like, yeah, kind of a dark comedy about a workplace. So, yeah. Um, and then also on the 26th, you have The Bride, which I don't know much about, um, but it's just some kind of horror movie situation. Um, and then Ooh, new George Miller movie. Yeah. yeah a couple, a couple yeah. of midweek releases. Mm-hmm. August 31st, 3,000 Years of Longing and On a Wing and a Prayer. But yeah, 3,000 Years of Longing is the one that we're focusing on because it's a new George Miller. And, and it, 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 Idris Elba, fresh off of Balthazar Comerker's piece. <laughs> Went right from one set to the next. Yeah. Um, and Tilda Swinton, and it involves like magic and romance and fantasy. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Very hard pivot from Mad Max. Um, but, but, but it's still George Miller's lane for sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's about like, you know, it, it looks, sounds like a genie in a bottle, basically like she yeah. three wishes. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that is also going to premiere at Cannes. So the word should be out soon. That's right. Um, okay. And then very, oh, a, new, a new film from daredevils, Mark Stephen Johnson. I know. Right. What's Love that guy been up to you for the last 15 years? Uh, apparently directing movies just really yeah love guaranteed finding steve mcqueen i feel like i heard of that one i've never saw it killing season well yeah the most recent one i've heard of is when in rome the kristen bell uh rom-com uh 2010 is that the one i think that's the one that when we did bp live frank conniff said uh i got pulled over on my way here but the cop let me off with a warning he said not to see when in rome (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah that's i'm glad i mentioned love in the villa so we could uh dig up uh frank conniff yeah Uh, not really no good labor day releases well i I mean i don't know anything about i don't know if honk for jesus save your soul is 
good, but I know it uh, got some buzz from Sundance. And okay. I like both. Yeah. I like both of them. Regina Hall, sure. Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. I'm and those two taking the piss out of mega church culture sounds fun to me. All right. All right that sure. sounds I'm, good. I'm back yes. on board with Labor Day. Um, yeah. I mean, it could be that there could be like releases that are going to be getting dates later, you know, yeah. but is I don't that, think that happens. But like, is that even a big <laughs> movie weekend? Cause I think well, it's I know. a big traveling it, weekend. You just, you want to go out at the end of the episode with something, something strong and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's like a lot of these, we're, we're just kind of guessing how, how good they'll be, but yeah, by and large, it doesn't feel like there are a lot of, re- of like tentpole movies this summer. Like, well, I think five. people are just getting out of the business, you know, Disney's gobbled up the whole game. So there's no, yeah. there's no competition. It's just Disney and Tom Cruise. Yeah. There's also true. like, if you think about it, this may be the summer that we're kind of feeling the hit from true. the pandemic sure. year. Sure. Like maybe all of the, what would have been big movies right now would have shot them. Yeah, that's um, true. And then there's also, I mean, the release date shakeups, like I said, the Top Gun Maverick moved its release date five times. Like it just created this completely chaotic, like scheduling landscape. So I feel like all of that is probably contributing, but yeah, like you said, I mean, the business is changing and, a lot more going to streaming, a lot more consolidation. Um, but also it's the beginning of the summer and we'll get more release dates as the summer goes yeah. on. So. Yeah, but not of like big summer temple stuff. Like, well, sure. Whatever's going to be huge has, has been well established. True. Well, what's um, going to be like, what's going to be the um, August sleeper hit? Like what August movie that we talked about mm-hmm. is, is going to turn out to be um, a, a big hit? And is it going to be Baltazar Comercourt's Beast? I mean, obviously I feel like Samaritan has a chance yeah. to be yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, pro- I don't know about sleeper, but bullet train will probably yes. get, some, get some cash. Yeah. And I could see, I mean, a 24 has been playing a very savvy game these days. I could see bodies, bodies, bodies getting traction with a certain demographic. Yeah. Maybe I feel like these kind of like very millennial centric premises, like get a lot of buzz, but not a lot of audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to compared to what? Because like by A24 standards, everything everywhere all at once is an enormous hit. Sure. But I don't think that but I think I think that has a wider appeal than it seems like based on a very superficial reading because it's about a middle aged woman. Um, Like, I think if that same premise were about someone in their 20s, I think the audience would be much more limited for it. Interesting point. (laughs) All right. Well, we did it. We, uh, I, I feel like when we do these, like we do the summer one and we do the fall one and just given who we are, I feel like we get more amped up for the fall one. Oh, sure. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. summer one often devolves into what else is coming out that week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely some stuff, um, some, some stuff that I'm looking forward to, um, uh, on this and some stuff that I, uh, didn't know about. This is, this is why I like that Julie does the research. Because there's uh, stuff like uh, Mac and Rita that I didn't really know about that I'm now like uh, really intrigued by. So, um, but that's it. That's the summary. That's what you all have to look forward to. Uh, as uh, in addition to lots of more episodes of Battleship Attention, Tyler and I back on the on the same uh, uh, episodes uh, again. That'll be uh, a big home. That's the tent pole of this summer. Sure. Is, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the two of us doing podcasts uh, together again. You can find those podcasts at battleshipretention.com. Uh, you can email it. You can also find lots of movie reviews. Uh, hopefully, a lot of the movie reviews are the things we talked about, but I don't know what's going on with the world my life is chaos as i keep saying um 
I don't know what, what reviews we'll have, but uh, I should have a review of Bitter Brush <coughs> soon. Um, so that'll be at battleshippretension.com. You can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Also, follow, uh, listen to my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. It's a podcast where my wife and I watch, uh, my wife Natalie and I watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother every week. We compare and contrast and go on tangents and, 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 and talk about what else is going on in the world. We have started season three, if you can believe it. We are already into season three. Wow. Um, of of uh, uh of the two shows tom Selleck is gone yeah. and uh um enrique iglesias shows up on on how i met your mother <laughs> i think he's just in the one episode but that's the big star uh of the episode that's going on you can uh follow tyler on twitter at tyler pretension tyler what else do you have to plug uh, well, there's my, my film, uh, Valley of the shadow, the spiritual value of horror. And, uh, I will, th- I can repeat this as, as we get closer, but, uh, it's going to be playing at numerous film festivals coming up, uh, May 22nd, which is a Sunday. It's going to be playing in Orlando at the Halloween horror picture show festival, um, in Indianapolis in early June. Uh, it'll be playing at the PopCon International Film Festival, which uh, which has uh, nominated the film for Best Feature and me for Best Director. Um, Wait, which, well done. Thank you. It'll be playing at the Hollywood North Film Awards uh, in Toronto on June 5th. Um, and then it will be playing in Cleveland at the International Horror Hotel Festival uh, on June 11th. So uh, if you're interested in seeing the film, I will say it also played at the International Christian Film Festival where I was last week. And uh, I was very curious to see how it would sound with like actual speakers on a big screen. And it sounded great. I was very I was very happy with the guys that mixed it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in seeing the film, uh, you can see it on a, on a bigger screen than the one you have at home by going to one of these film festivals. All right. Um, uh-huh. Let's start with uh, with with Julie. Um, what do you have? What do you have to plug? Where do, where do you want people to find you? want to be found i don't need to be found i I do want to say though that when you tyler when you mentioned that you were like nominated for best director i just instinctively started clapping but then immediately realized my hands were near the mic and i shouldn't make too much noise so i just was sort of softly tapping my hands together okay so if people heard in the background a very like kind of gentle tapping that was just me trying to express enthusiasm without i I appreciate that on every level i appreciate that um yeah, no, I'm on Twitter at says no underscore says, but I don't tweet much. You know, it's just becoming like this Elon Musk shit show. But, you know, whatever. Maybe we'll meet in real life someday. Wouldn't that be something? You and Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give uh, a piece of my mind. No, um, whoever's listening. I don't know. <laughs> Scott, where, where, can, where can Elon Musk find you if he, if he wants to fight? <laughs> I mean, with his money, probably anywhere. He could probably find me right in my home. Um, certainly not sitting in one of his death machine cars that keep killing people. Um, uh, letterboxed is solid. Um, you can request to follow me on Twitter. I sometimes check those and let people in. Um, that's about it. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here again. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I mean, someone's got to whip you goons in shape. (laughs) No, we blew through this in under two hours. I can't believe it. I feel like we need to talk more about I don't know. Body, 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 body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> well, um, 
Yeah. Thank you again for being here. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 